The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, this one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, wait, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked. Rocks were split. Tombs were opened. And the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. It is perhaps an odd thing to hear the gospel of Good Friday, the gospel of the Passion, on this day where we are still celebrating Easter Sunday. And yet this particular gospel has much to teach us about this day. We hear in St. Matthew's Gospel about a darkness that settled over the earth. And it is commonly said in devotion to divine mercy that three o'clock is the hour of mercy. And we're 10 minutes before three right now. And so the question is, what happens at three o'clock? And that is not a question that is so easily answered as we might think. St. Matthew's Gospel shows us that many things happen at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, the Lord cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at this moment, this voice of Jesus crying out from the depths is not simply him crying to heaven with his own personal pain. This is the fulfillment of that beautifully poignant line from the Psalms. Out of the depths, O Lord, I cry to you. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to the sound of my pleading. Here on his cross, the Lord who has 
descended quite literally into the most broken depths of human life, cries out from out of those depths on behalf of all of us. This great cry of, Lord, where are you? Lord, why have you forgotten me, abandoned me, left me here? That cry of woundedness that man has been lifting since Adam and Eve fell in the garden finds its completion on the lips of Jesus. And it rises and pierces into heaven itself. The Lord lifts up all of our woundedness in this cry from his cross. Small wonder then we call this the hour of mercy. Because here our prayer for need takes on a strength it never had before. Here the world's woundedness is taken by Christ and it rises on the strength of his voice, on the wings of his spirit to arrive before the throne of grace itself. And in crying out in that way, he who did not come for Elijah or anybody else to save him surrenders his spirit because he has come to save us. And when he surrenders his spirit, the sun shines again. How absolutely remarkable. There is darkness while Jesus suffers on the cross. But as he dies, as he gives forth his spirit and gives his life, what we would think is the darkness of the grave dissipates and light returns to the world. The sun that had not been shining in the darkness of the passion, the darkness of his woundedness, as the Lord surrenders his spirit, returns. The first note anticipating the resurrection, out of the darkness of the misery, the light of the sun breaks. The Lord has not risen from the tomb, but out of darkness there has already come light. At three o'clock. Three o'clock is not the hour of darkness. It is, curiously enough, the hour of sunrise. The sun that had refused to shine suddenly shines forth again. And in the light of that sun, the earth itself shakes at three o'clock. At three o'clock, the earth trembles. At three o'clock, the earth shakes. At three o'clock, the veil of separation in the temple is torn in two because something new has happened. And this is now not the time of separation, but the time of union. And we hear that at three o'clock, the dead themselves begin to wake into life. Small wonder, then, it is named the hour of mercy. Small wonder. And how good it is, then, that we who gather here gather in the light of these words. Because the effect of all of this at three o'clock is the stern and disciplined Roman soldiers who have faced down the enemies of Rome in countless areas, quake with fear and uncertainty. 
at the way he hands over his spirit, at the force of that cry, at the sudden brightness of the sun and the way mysteriously all of this causes earthly power to tremble, earthly stability to be shaken. And in feeling the shaking of everything that they held to be solid, they see the light. Truly, this is the Son of God. How absolutely remarkable that on the, at this moment at 3 o'clock, even the jailer, even the soldier who supervised the death of the Lord is shaken, not in punishment, but that his eyes might be open and that he might see who it is that has given his life for him. Truly, this one, enthroned here on our altar, is the Son of God. And small wonder then that our monstrance is in the shape of a son. Because as the Lord fully gives himself, the sun shines again and light breaks forth in darkness. And how good it is that we be here today to unite our hearts with him, he who is risen, he who is victorious, he whom the grave could not contain, in fact, the icon of the resurrection on the wall over on the side of the church, shows the Lord clothed in light as with a garment, and he has broken down the door of death where humankind had been imprisoned. And what is he doing? He reaches into the grave and snatches Adam and Eve from their tombs. This all happens at three o'clock. The chains of the imprisoned are broken. The prison of death and sorrow is unlocked and open. And those who languish there with no hope are freed to live again. How absolutely glorious. This is why this day, the octave day of Easter, is named the Sunday of Mercy. Because on this day, we gather not just to remember Good Friday, but we gather in the light of the victorious resurrection, which gives the church as well the mission to first receive this mercy and then carry it to the world. And what we do here today is we don't simply kneel at the foot of the cross of pain, but rather we, who know the victory of Christ, gather here. And on behalf of all of those names, on behalf of a world which knows so much woundedness, we who share the life and spirit of Jesus Christ will turn our eyes to heaven and we will cry out for mercy for ourselves and for this world in the spirit of him who first has done so. And our prayer this day is mighty indeed because we kneel at the feet of him who is enthroned above heaven and earth.
we kneel at the feet of the victor. And as we say, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, we are also conscious of that it is that sorrow which has become glorious, that sorrow which has become life-giving, that sorrow which has produced freedom. And we call for that mercy and that life and that freedom for those whom we know and those whom we do not know. And as we do it, he prays with us. Never forget, when Christ is present, two things happen every single time without fail. When Christ is present, salvation extends itself to us. And when Christ is present, God is being perfectly praised and worshipped. Ours is not the only prayer that rises heavenward today. He, enthroned on our altar, prays with us. And how beautiful that is. On this day, our prayer is mighty indeed. Because as happened on Good Friday, our prayer rises on the wings and the strength and the spirit and the love of his own. <laughs>